You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello again, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of The Screeners. This is Chad. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And we are here today to talk about one thing and one thing only, and that is Paul Thomas Anderson's Phantom Thread. We know this movie came out back in 2017. It's made a lot of people's top 10 lists. But the linchpin for us deciding to do a bonus review is that of all the films that we saw last year, Josh actually saw this movie, and we wanted to get his perspective on all things Paul Thomas Anderson and specifically the swan song for Daniel Day-Lewis. So with that, guys, let's jump right into our bonus review of The Phantom Thread. You can sew almost anything into the canvas of a coat. When I was a boy, I started to hide things in the linings of the garments. Things that only I knew were there. Secrets. Good morning. Will you have dinner with me? Reynolds has made my dreams come true, and I have given him what he desires most in return. (laughs) Every piece of me. Phantom Thread, the IMDb description reads, set in 1950s London, Reynolds Woodcock is a renowned dressmaker whose fastidious life is disrupted by a young, strong-willed woman, Alma, who becomes his muse and lover. It's directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. As Chad said, it stars Daniel Day-Lewis, Vicky Cripps, Leslie Manville, uh, and it is nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and Supporting Actress. So, Josh did see this one. We are definitely going to start with Josh and our discussion of this. Paul Thomas Anderson directed uh, There Will Be Blood and The Master. So I'm, I'm curious uh, for, for you guys what your background is with his films, uh, because he's definitely a different type of filmmaker. And this is kind of a different type of film. It's very, uh, it's very much an Oscar film. You can kind of tell that caliber. It's a fall release, all that, all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on Paul Thomas Anderson. Daniel Day-Lewis, and Phantom Thread. We'll start with you, Josh. As Chad said, and now as you said, I'm just so happy and honored to be here for one of your special (laughs) cinema bonus episodes. As are we, Josh. Blessed. I'm just, just happy to be here. So as for history, I am a huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Um, Not the kind of fan who knows anything about the person, but the kind of fan who has seen most of their movies. Uh, you mentioned the master and there will be blood and i had actually (laughs) forgotten slash not known that he had directed those when i think paul thomas anderson i think uh i think uh boogie nights which actually i need to go back and watch but mostly magnolia and punch drunk love were the are the ones that are most uh most in my mind but i loved there will be blood as well (laughs) there will be blood fun story was my wife's and i first date (laughs) Um, it's a good date movie yeah barbecue and then milkshake drinking (laughs) lots of milkshakes i am a huge fan of pt anderson's aesthetic and just the way he goes about constructing a story sometimes like with punch drunk love it's a little bit cloudier in my memory because i feel like punch drunk love was 
maybe his movie that kind of went off the rails the most as far as abstraction but magnolia is up there on my list of all-time favorites and the master and there will be blood were fantastic as well so back to the movie at hand i suppose i had to see it because it was him and because like you said it's supposed to be daniel day lewis's last movie as a working actor what's going Which to is happen a tragedy man it we'll really see. is but <laughs> you, you think he's just toying with us daniel yeah, it could be could be we'll is he see. gonna is he gonna come back and do cloverfield four yes exactly he's already done uh, it. it's already filmed <laughs> yeah i think yeah he's in he's in character now because his comeback movie is an actor that had retired so He's just oh. being, yes, he's just exactly. being method. Phantom Thread is gorgeously shot, as you would expect, and it has. I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it until we. I assume are going to do a, a spoiler segment as well on this. It, it has its moments that are a little confusing, but overall, uh, without getting too personal, I have a bit of of history um, being close to people who deal with with mental issues that are similar to what this main character kind of deals with. And the way P.T. Anderson and Daniel Day-Lewis have nailed down the experience of living with someone like this is impeccable. <laughs> and so the whole movie was, I don't want to say enjoyable for that aspect, but it was um, very well crafted from, from that point of view. And the story as a whole... I, I can take or leave the the premise of fashion because that's not really my thing. But this movie was all about the characters and it was fantastic. And it's probably, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't see this before we did our top 10 list because that would have definitely been um, one or two for me, I'm sure. All right. So thumbs high up praise. for me. Yeah, one or two. All right. Very high praise from Josh. Well, I saw 18 movies last year, as we might <laughs> want to reiterate here. 19, Josh. You've 19, 19 now, that's true. All right. Well, that's great to hear. So, Chad, what uh, is your history with P- Paul Thomas Anderson and his films? And then what did you think of Phantom Thread? Very much the same as Josh as far as just being someone who – is taken aback time after time with the craft that he consistently uh, puts on display in all of his films. Boogie Nights, I, I knew the first time that I saw that, that was whoever made that. I think he was really young when he made that. I want to say he was like 27 or something like that. Knew what they were doing and was somebody to see, and it's just gotten better. I'm not as big a fan of There Will Be Blood as Josh is, but I am of the master i think the master is just and to get those performances and to create the sense of not wonder but his movies aren't narratively what you would call (laughs) coherent i mean they're not he's not all necessarily interested in that it feels more like being a part of poetry or an essay or something and the feeling that you get is spending time with these characters is often more important than the the story or the plot Uh, and in this movie in particular it's interesting uh, the angle that josh you know what he took away from it i mean with all art everybody brings what they bring to the piece and take what they take based on your own experiences and i can certainly see that side of it and i'm very interested to hear josh talk about that more in spoilers uh, but for me, I thought this this talked a lot about a lot of different things, like the nature of 
desire and attraction and control and search for identity within a relationship. But again, not so. And I thought it was really very funny. This I laughed out loud multiple times in this movie unexpectedly, not just uh, at the characters themselves, but the situations and just the way that they act and the way that they uh, antagonize each other at the central relationship. Uh, it, the atmosphere is couture fashion. is It's lush and it, it's very evocative and interesting. Wasn't in my top ten of the year, but not. But probably because I need to see this movie. This is one of those movies that needs to be seen, you know, two or three times uh, to really kind of fully unpack it and and, and appreciate it. Uh, and I will say, as much as I enjoy Daniel Day-Lewis, and he is the best of the best, I do agree that Vicky, is it is it crepes or creeps? I'm not sure how you... I think it's creeps, but that's a guess. You know, creeps? Yeah. This is her movie as far uh, as I'm concerned. I think her performance is unbelievably good. This is one of those movies, it's, it's, it's interesting that the critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes I think it's like at a 92 and the audience score is a 69 and I think that's typical of any of PTA's movies is that the those that come in expecting kind of a traditional narrative or story are often left disappointed but those that come in with an open mind to the experience of the emotion and the and the place uh, of what he's presenting will often come away with with something that's more satisfying it's meticulous it's exquisite i mean all the words that you can say but not in a traditional sense so i very much liked it Uh, i didn't love it for me i don't think it's as good as the master but for what it is i think it accomplishes a great deal and i enjoyed it very very much how about you, Daniel? Yeah, I, uh, I'm with both of you guys. I think this is a, a very good movie. Like Chad, it's it's it wasn't in my top ten of the year, but it, it wasn't my honorable mentions. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a very good movie. Um, let me real quick get get any negatives out of the way because they're very few. My only, only, only minor complaint is just that. This is a very deliberately paced movie that's very intentional, um, and it's just, it, it can make it, I don't know how to say, a little frustrating sometimes, just in the way in which it's paced, but it's, it's very, like I said, it's very intentional, it's exactly how he wanted to make it. Other than that, this is a fantastic movie. Um, I loved what you said, Chad, that it feels like being a part of poetry. I think that's so accurate and a beautiful way to put it, because it, it feels so true. This isn't a strong narrative plot really it's it's about being in these people's lives and and getting to know these these characters and more importantly how they relate to each other and how they interact with each other i I think that this is the type of movie that can often be accused of being stuffy or pretentious and i can understand maybe that perspective but this is a very funny movie just like chad said it's it there's got some good laughs in it um and good sense of humor and that's something i definitely did not expect going from the trailer to to seeing the film it's it's a lot funnier than you would ever think it it should be so i I really appreciated that it's just so well written as a whole more more than anything what i loved is how honest it was a portrayal of just you know josh said something about the the way it portrays living with somebody with disorder or or control or, or things like that but i think it's just an honest portrayal of living with someone period the annoyances that can come um i think i think some of the things that reynolds said at breakfast when he was annoyed with alma are hilarious and and so rude uh and so accurate to how 
I'm I'm guilty of saying some of those annoyed things to my wife if I'm in a bad you know, in a grumpy mood, uh, you know. Then I'll I'll be annoyed and and it was just so honest of what it what it looked like to be you know living with living with other people or when people are mad at the other or annoyed at the other it was just it was just uh, I hadn't seen marriage or or a relationship portrayed like that on screen before so I thought that was very um, so well written and and so interesting it was it was great to see that relationship on screen Chad said it exactly right about the performances Daniel Daniel Day Lewis is great and normally when he's in a movie you struggle to talk about anybody else but that's just how good Vicky Kreeps is I mean she is so good in this movie that I really thought more about her and her performance than I did at all about Danielle Day-Lewis because she just was a revelation. She was so good and so different that uh, she's one of my favorite performances of the year. I think she did fantastic. The film is really on her shoulders far more than it is on Danielle Day-Lewis's shoulders and uh, she carries it well and she's raw and honest and, and I thought fantastic. Uh, so as a whole, I really, really like this movie a lot. Like you guys said, beautiful imagery, lush costume design, and and production design. This movie was fascinating and interesting and, and really great. So those are my thoughts. I, I actually, uh, I realized I, I kind of skipped over. I didn't tell my thoughts on Paul Thomas Anderson. I There are actually a few movies I didn't see of his. I haven't seen The Master, believe it or not, which I hear is amazing. Uh, oh, wow. But I do love There Will Be Blood. It's, uh, love it. Love that movie quite a bit. That's easily my favorite of his films. But uh, anyway, just want to throw that in before I forgot. Magnolia? Uh, Have you seen Magnolia? Yes, I, I, I like okay, Magnolia. Good. I've only seen it one time, and it was many years ago. I remember really liking it, but uh, not like being blown away by, or anything. But, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd love to watch that again. Block off a few hours. Yes. Yeah, it's worth it. It's interesting to note, and I wanted to say this too, that obviously if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener, and I want to suggest specifically a, a podcast called the Bill Simmons Podcast. And not necessarily, you'd have to listen to any of his other stuff if you don't want to, but he does about a two-hour, maybe an hour and 45-minute interview with PTA just about pursuing filmmaking his entire career, and it is fantastic, and I, I highly recommend it. And when you said Magnolia, Josh, it just made me think that Paul Thomas Anderson actually, what I took from this interview is he thinks that's probably, if he could, he doesn't want to redo it because it's in, in time, it's a snapshot of where he was at the time, but of all the films that he's done, he feels like that's the one that he made the most mistakes on and would like to go back and kind of course huh, correct. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, because he had just, he did Boogie Nights and had a lot of studio involvement. And then after that success, he could essentially do whatever he wanted to. And so on Magnolia, he talks about how he literally just did whatever he wanted to <laughs> and regrets some of those decisions. I love Magnolia, but uh, anyway, it's a very interesting interview and I'd suggest uh, everybody check that out. Interesting. Hmm. So yeah, so it sounds like we are all in agreement on Phantom Thread that it is a very good movie. Are there more thoughts you guys had before we jump into spoilers? I think the score in this movie is phenomenal yes. as well. Mm-hmm. I really loved the music very much. So I think it's worth worth checking that out as well. Yeah, and it's Oscar nominated. Uh, Johnny Greenwood was nominated. Uh, he was famously deemed ineligible at, at the Oscars for his score for There Will Be Blood because he kind of used uh, pre-existing music. It wasn't original enough kind of thing. And so there was a lot of uh, pushback for that. Paul Thomas Anderson kind of took that personally and said that they were very involved in making sure that this score was going to be eligible for, for the Oscars. <laughs> and it was. And so uh, and it's was, great. It's legitimately great. Yeah, it is. It's a very good score. So uh, it was nominated for Best Picture, Director, uh, Actor, Supporting Actress, costume design and score 
I uh, just quick Oscar handicapping there. I think uh, it's only going to win costume design. I think the other it doesn't have a shot at winning any of the others. But to not reward this film for being literally a movie about costume design, I think would be a be a huge <laughs> mistake. So uh, sure. I I do think that that is going to win there. But without further ado, we are going to dive into spoilers for Phantom Thread. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? There's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führers brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. And then I woke up. So, Josh, you, you referenced that you had some specific things you wanted to talk about. So why don't you kick us off here? Uh, maybe it's not fair to call it confusion, but the biggest question I had, and I think maybe it was supposed to be an open question, was at at the end when do you think um was his moment of realization of of what was happening and that he had decided to to go through with it and that this was what he wanted to do when when did he know that she was poisoning him again because i i was under the assumption that um he didn't know the first time that she had done it and he just realized then but I wasn't sure, like, is it when she looks at the book? Is it when she puts the butter in the pan? Is it when she brings the thing over and slaps it on his plate and he looks up at her? I don't know. It was a it was an interesting scene. Yeah, I read that scene as it was dawning on him the whole time because he was watching her the whole time. So mm-hmm. I think it was just the slow realization of she's done this for me before. She's She's showing me this for a reason and yeah and looking at the book kind of kind of cued it off as well so i think it was just kind of a a slow dawning okay for some reason i i just assumed there was a there was a moment but that explanation makes sense too i would say similarly yeah i definitely don't think he knew the first time that she poisoned him and i think that the back part of the movie i think gives us a little bit of foreshadowing relating to the idea that he realized that the first time that he was sick he saw her in a different way when she took charge I mean you get that scene earlier where the lady at the event where he makes her go take the dress off of her and then she goes in and says you're not worthy of wearing the house of Woodcock you know that whole kind of thing I think those moments in his mind he begins to see her as an equal as opposed to what she has been up to this point And I think with the poisoning, when she is taking care of him and closes the door on her sister and the different things like that, I think coming out of that, his then, you know, renewed creativity, he begins to see that as a necessary thing in his life and that there's no one but her, I guess, that could do that. And so I think he may, I think there are little crumbs along the way that suggest he knew a little earlier than that very last scene. But I, but my, cause my read on it was that while they were there, he knew it the entire time. But again, there's nothing, I don't think hard that says one way or the other. Fair enough. I, I hadn't actually noticed any of the foreshadowing, but 
um, except the foreshadowing done for the audience, not not for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Josh, obviously not trying to get too personal here, but what were you referencing? You you felt like maybe this was some sort of disorder that he has. I mean, because I've I've definitely heard and read some things about people also thinking that about his character that well, it wasn't just the tortured genius in the muse, but that there was more right. there. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm in no way qualified to say this. I'm not a psychologist, but sitting from the audience and as someone who has um, dealt with a little bit of this themselves, I I would say at the very least he deals with some form of OCD, and you can you can tell that through his just incredibly structured routine, um, the fact that he can't, <laughs> and I as as Daniel was saying this is relating this to just living with another person i i can see that that side of it too but just his things at breakfast when they would amplify the sound every sound that this other person was making because he was he was in his head and he spends breakfast in his head and any interruption into that is just grating and amplified a thousand times and that's (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly how that works and the line that just brought it all together and <laughs> was like this is this could have been pulled from different points in my life was if breakfast doesn't go well for him it's very difficult to recover <laughs> and <laughs> because that that is totally accurate uh, that's that's kind of how that works and then when she comes in when he's working late at night up in up in the loft i guess it is and she comes in with tea and he makes her turn around and leave. And she's like, all right, all right, I'm leaving. And he says, but the interruption stays here. <laughs> I loved that line. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's just. I'm so sorry, Josh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm, I. I'm specifically sorry because you were roommates with Chris. So I can't imagine the horrors. <laughs> yes. Oh, if only he were here now to be speaking with us. And yeah. Chris is never going to see the Phantom Thread. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is true. I, like, I, I am one of those people who gets so uh, annoyed by loud chewers as well. So every single scene with that was just so relatable, so accurate. I, I, it was, I've never seen that depicted so, and not like a joke, you know? I mean, it was, it was funny, but it wasn't like a goofy over the top. Like it was, it was just kind of honest for somebody who gets annoyed by that kind of thing. Right. Like, it's, it's realistic. Yeah. I'm not trying to put all this on other people either. I, I have some of this, some of this swirling around my own head. So it's like, yes, this, you got it. You got it right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really, I really, that's what I like about the character too, because then when they're married and they're in the Alps on their honeymoon, she goes out of her way to exacerbate all of those things intentionally. <laughs> and I, so number one, I view that as, like what you said, Daniel, it's the longer you're with someone, the things that were adorable when you were dating now make you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> right. And so, and then the other thing is in this world where he treats the, the women and the people, specifically the women though, as commodities yeah. to dispose of at, at his whim, she, instead of bowing down to that, has chosen by whatever means necessary, including and up to poisoning him, to assert herself and I don't think it's because she is just wants her to love him I think that because we don't really know a lot about her backstory or what her real motivations are we know or we think that we know that she does love him I think just in general her character just is 
looking for her identity and her place in this and feels as if she belongs uh, and stands up to him. So I really viewed them as equals. And I think part of the journey, if there is one of his character, is his realization that she is, in fact, his equal as well, if there is a traditional story. Because outside of that, it really is just a lot of moment-to-moment little things and i don't want to undersell again this movie's really funny it really is funny yeah i I think the whole thread throughout the movie of her being interviewed after the fact is i'm not sure whether that's supposed to be after she's poisoned him once or twice It, it almost seems like it's after after the second time because it seems like she's been with him for quite a while and i i feel like yeah that is that is her character after fully realizing her place and after fully realizing that that she is the part that completes him and, and keeps him keeps the madness at bay and and doing it through the line about that we heard in the trailer just saying by giving him every part of me so mm-hmm. it even that subverts kind of what you think and i think that's a, a lot of people i know the couple that was sitting beside me when i went to to see this i didn't know them they're an, an older couple they definitely expected this to be more of a traditional romance <laughs> because when the movie ended the the wife turned to the guy and said what was that and then and he said, I don't know. And then they got up and walked out. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. That's that's how I expect the average viewing public to react to any P.T. Anderson movie, to be honest with you. That's right. true. That is true. Well, uh, we all loved Phantom Thread, and we hope you love it, too. Was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about while we're here in spoilers? If you've listened this far, it's the same old, same old. These are the kinds of movies that you should support because there's not a lot out there like this and uh i think there's something to find if you're willing to be open to the experience yeah agreed awesome so that about does it for our phantom thread bonus episode thanks so much for joining us we uh, love doing these bonus episodes getting to talk about some special movies go ahead and follow us on social media you can follow us on twitter at screeners cast and on facebook that search the screeners podcast we want to hear from you guys hear what you guys are watching and what you're thinking about join us next time for our review of the latest season of black mirror as well as we'll talk about our most anticipated movies from the rest of 2018 we'll see you then and that's a wrap You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.